0: Okay, let's get right to it. This is The Raw Report. I am The Raw. I am always tinkering and trying to figure out the perfect position for my microphone. This is, I think that's good. All right, yeah, I'm The Raw. This is The Raw Report. We're back. You know, a lot of shit going on in the world today. Woo! Today was a doozy. I mean, yesterday was even more of a doozy coming off of that rough weekend. With the Russia-Ukraine crisis, Ukraine being this big, Russia being this big, Russia trying to invade, invade Ukraine, not working out too good for Russia. Not a surprise. You know, Russia has been the bully this whole time, and you know, I've made some very uh, insensitive jokes to the Ukraine people, but at the same time, I I gave the Ukraine people their props, for being able to combat uh, the Russian army and the Russian infantry, the Russian gangsters, the Russian oligarchs coming in. The oligarchs. They're millions and trillions and billions of dollars. Or maybe it's millions and billions. In tr- oh, yeah, that's how, that's how it goes. Okay, All right, I was right. I was saying I wanted to make sure I was giving you the right mathematical scale. But r- Russia... It's not working out for them. They're getting sanctioned. They're getting hit. They're getting their cryptocurrency. They're getting their uh banks. Everything's being sanctioned. Their oil is being sanctioned. It's like, well, hey, in a minute, I mean, Russia's going to have to throw in the towel. It's just one of those weird things where the bigger country is more vulnerable. It's more vulnerable. And I think that's what we're running into with the whole thing. And Puty, you know, I told you you could reach out to me at any time, and I'd talk to you. Uh, and I could talk to you on behalf of, you know, the United States government, the U.N., and I could be a delegate to to put a good word in for you if you're ready to, to call this nonsense off. You know, at first I thought it might have been a good idea because Ukraine was so smart. I was just thinking, hey, you know, what's the big deal? It's almost like Russia's invading Russia, you know, to a certain degree. But, I mean, the, the, the children I saw last night being bored out on national TVs I mean th- those th- it's disturbing and what what happened with the African-American I mean the African the just the Africans um trying to leave Ukraine I mean it's just been one big nightmare af- after another um but you know hopefully you know we're 13 days in hopefully it was coming to an end it's coming to an end poody you got to stop this stuff okay poody stop it cut it out pal we've had enough of your shit I couldn't even get the vodka that I like, you know, the Russian vodka last night. And I go to the store, they said, nah, nah, we're not selling anymore. And now it's hit home, Pootie. It's hit home. I've had enough of this. I want you to call this war off immediately. As soon as you see this podcast, and I know you watch. I know you watch, Pootie. This is me giving you advice, and you should take it. You take this advice, Poodle, you stop this stupid war immediately. Anyway, um, I'm sitting here alone today, um, alone, but, you know, it's not my first time having to the, the, the ride shotgun and and take over the vessel and see what's going on, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on in the stock market. I mean, whoo, I mean, every day is up, is down, is up, is down, it's like... I don't even know where to begin with that shit. I mean, the, the crash is coming. And I told you guys, now I'm not supposed to give financial advice, but if you did listen to what I told people to do, then you guys probably did make money. You know, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. There's too many uncertainties. There's too many different things going on in the market that we just can't get a hold of. So it, the, the market's going to give you that. One, as soon as it gets a little bit of good news, it's going to rally. As soon as it gets a little bit of bad news, it's going to flush. So you guys got to be careful out there. Um, I mean, Tesla. I mean, whoo. It was at $1,200 at one point. And, and, and yesterday at the, I mean, today at the low was $799. It rallied. And uh, and then Biden, Biden came out today. You know, the stock market was up for a little bit. Then it started crashing. And then Biden started talking. And oh, my God. oh, Biden. Whew. You got out of this one alive, though. You got out of this one alive. It wasn't like the Trump thing where where the market's down and Trump comes out and he starts giving you his, you know, hey, listen, everybody, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. You know, the market's good. Even though everything's crashing. No, no, no. Everything's good. Trust me. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. You'll, you'll thank me tomorrow. But Biden's approach was he came out and told everybody what they really didn't want to hear. But somehow... It had a positive effect on the market. So Biden, I gotta say, hey, didn't see it coming, but I'm giving you your flowers today, Biden. That's what I want to do. I want to give President Biden his flowers, even though there's a, a Twitter chain, to impeach Biden now, to impeach Biden because of uh, the gas prices. They they want him to release, they want him to release the blood flow of oil that America's got stockpiled up. But I mean, I mean, you know. The gas is fucking high. I mean, like, this shit's getting goofy. And, you know, it's not the type of thing you really, you pay attention to that much. But when you see spikes like that, I mean, it's crazy. You know, and I got a little car. So, you know, I fill it up. I mean, two weeks ago, it was costing me about, I don't know, $40, $50. Now it's like the thing just kept running. I had to stop it. I said, like, hey, what the fuck? What the hell is going on here? You know what I'm saying? But um, I had to, I had to intervene. You know what I'm saying? Because it just kept going. It started it felt like it was telling me my birthday or some shit. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the, the month, date, the year. And I mean, I was like, well, holy shit. What's going on over here? You know what I'm saying? Oil? Oh, hey, you know. Oh, I, you know, but when you really think about it, I, I think we kind of knew this was coming. It's peak oil, man. I mean, if something like this could happen, I mean, we need to get off of this shit. I mean, it's the Earth's blood anyway. I mean, we're sucking blood out of the Earth and then we're putting it in our cars, and then we're putting it in our tractors, and we're driving around, we're we're, we're stealing the earth's corn with the tractors, and then we put the oil in our airplanes and then we go on vacation, and the oil goes in our yachts. I saw somebody today, he said, oil was in a can of soda, oil's in a cup. It's everywhere. Why the hell are we using so much oil? I mean, there has to be some kind of substitute. I mean, now, this is some serious shit. You know what I mean? To be taking blood out of a living creature, that is the Earth, because Earth is alive. To be draining the blood from this beautiful vessel, this beautiful creature that is allowing us to live on it. Cause if Earth ever decides to say, yo, fuck it. I'm sick of you motherfuckers. And it shakes us off like wet ticks. I mean, like a or like a wet dog, you know, would shake off a fucking flea. On his on his butt, you know what I'm saying. If Earth just decides to shake us fleas off, then what? Then what? And I think you know Elon Musk, one of the smartest people walking around. I think he's trying to figure it out for us. And I, and I gotta give him his flowers. Give Elon, give Elon a bushel of daisies for me. You know what I'm saying? I I'm wanna give Elon his flowers. And I also want to give him his flowers for the uh, electric car. Because this is the other thing. We need more electric cars. We need electric buses. We need electric tractor trailers. We need electric every fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? Because the shit is getting goofy now. It's like, if we already have it, now it's time to just be totally independent. Especially, you know, what with, with the Saudis are doing. To, to keep manipulating the oil market. I mean, it just doesn't stop. It's, it's a political thing. And that's what I think people really don't understand that it's all speculative. It's not even what the real price is. I mean, nobody was crying when gas was $2 a barrel. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was filling filling them up, you know, driving cross-country. You know what I'm saying? But now, this shit's $10 a fucking pump. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the fuck it is. $10 a squeeze. You know, you're getting squeezed. And uh, people want to see Biden impeach for that shit. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the impeachment shit is, is like after Trump. If Trump... I mean, Trump did get impeached, but it still didn't work. I mean, after that, it's like, I I doubt there will ever be a president that will have that much on his plate as Trump did to even start the impeachment process. It's like, I just don't see it happening, you know what I mean? And what could Biden's biggest scandal could be? Like, I mean, he's 79, 80 years old. I mean, is he going to have a mistress? I mean, he barely has a wife, you know, when you're 79 years old, I mean, the, his wife is all energetic and be bouncing around. I mean, Jill is off the off the chain. I mean, she's like a young woman, and so he's not going to have a girlfriend. Okay, so is he going to have like a prison scandal? Like, is it possible he's risking jail time? Is he taking penitentiary chances? I, you know, I just doubt it. You know, he's he's eating graham crackers. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, like we, we, we were joking about the Strain Peas thing, but I mean, the Mills on, Mills on Wheels scandal. I mean, I mean, Biden, I mean, I just want something, you know what I'm saying? Now, his kid is supposed to be bad news. The kid's supposed to be on some gangster shit, you know what I'm saying? Now, maybe that's where something could come in, where Biden maybe covered something up 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago or even 50 years ago. Because guess what? He was still in D.C. The scandals could go all the way back then. Now, maybe that's where the meat on the bone is. Maybe it's old scandals from back in the day. Like, where's Hannibal Barris? We need him to come make up some Biden jokes that'll get the ball rolling, that'll start making the, some, some impeachable practices going. But wait, how, how much longer does Biden have? Was, is this his first year? Uh, this would be this his is first s- year. second year. Oh, this is his second year. Yeah. So he came in at 2020 or yeah, or 2021, the beginning of 2021. Election, okay. The election was in 2020. Okay, okay. I can't remember. Yeah. I feel like that whole Kamala Harris thing was like this year. Like that whole Kamala Harris craze. Yeah. Kamala, tell me, have you seen her? Ooh, have you seen her? Have you seen Kamala Harris? Tell me, have you seen her? Ooh. Kamala where are you? Where are you kamala anyway let's get back to uh talking serious you know um but yeah but Biden you know what kind of scandal is he gonna be able to come up with I mean we could dig deep I mean I really think how many black people he locked up I mean there there has to be some secret files that maybe we could go digging through and, and not that I want to see Biden peace because you know um, like I said, I voted for Biden. You know, I voted for the Biden Kamala Harris uh, duo, and um, I didn't celebrate like everybody else. They, people were celebrating in the streets when 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 Biden won the presidency, like like they won the presidency. You know, it was just like, wait, did you win the presidency or did Joe Biden win the presidency? Because was like, yo, we did it, yo, oh, my yeah, yeah, I'm like, yo, we did it. I'm like, are we getting a check from this shit? It's like, I mean, Trump, Trump paid motherfuckers. I mean, Trump opened up the floodgates, all that fucking PPP money. I mean, all that shit was Trump. I I didn't really get, you know, PPP money. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I I got a, a little bit, but I mean, almost like nothing. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, they kept telling me I wasn't eligible. They were like, are you black? And I was like, what does that have to do with it? They was like, oh, we just want to make sure uh, not too many black people get it. They was like, we already got a limit on how many black people got paid. (laughs) And they were like, oh, I was like, well, I don't think that that's fair. They was like, oh, well, you know, life isn't fair. Talk to you later. So whatever. SBA. Shout out to SBA. Shout out to local SBAs. I think they put it down. They really worked hard to get capital into the hands of some African-Americans. Not me, but, you know, some. You know what I mean? So, but whatever. Um, Maybe it'll be a PPP part two. Hopefully not. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully COVID's gone. Hopefully it's not coming back. Hopefully it's eradicated. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's a done deal because I actually have some traveling. Some traveling coming up. Yeah, I've been flying around, but I've been staying masked up. I've been staying masked up and I've been staying hoodie the fuck up when I'm on an airplane. I'm staying masked the fuck up and hoodie the fuck up, man. You know, but um, you know what's so funny? The last, My last trip was to Miami, which was, oh, mind-blowing. I got a chance to sit down with two really good friends that I met through actually like theater stuff. You know what I'm saying? So these are like my theater people, you know what I'm saying? But these are my people, you know what I mean? So we hung out, and I got a chance to see one of their shows, which is really cool. Um, actually, you being a, a, a Latino uh, bomb, it was very um, cultural- um uh, uh for latino students it, w- it was a great production uh, but y- y- he's really jewish but he looks he looks latino i'm sorry you know what i'm saying like I, you know he's just a latin lover you know what i'm saying he's a, he's a young john Leguizano maybe even like a like a, even like a young what do you call it uh like a uh like um i can't think of somebody uh, like a, he's like a young bad bunny you know what i'm saying he's like a He's, he's looking cool, and he's got the hip closed too, you know what I'm saying? You never know, he was a Jewish businessman, Jewish gangster, tough Jew. You heard of tough Jews before? Anyway, shout out Scott Storch and uh, Meyer Lansky. You know. I don't know if they ever met. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I'm going to be doing some traveling, and uh, my trip to Miami was great, but... um. On the airplane, it was funny going down because I saw somebody that I knew, um, but he probably thought I was crazy because I, I didn't really didn't recognize him, but everybody that knows me knows that I'm blind. So I see this guy, he's sitting in front of me, and uh, I said, excuse me, sir. I said, are you familiar with the the Philadelphia MC Liver? He was like that's me. Like, what, what the fuck you talking about? I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my bad. Yeah, I, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to assume. You know what I'm saying? But we were both going to Miami for some fun in the sun. Shout out Ab Lava. It was great seeing him. He was sitting in first class, too, by the way. Shout out Ab Lava. Still putting it down. Philly legend. But, yeah, I got some more traveling to do. I'm very excited. I'm going to a birthday party. One of my friends is throwing a birthday party. She's turning 50. And it's going to be very exciting. I'm very excited, you know, uh, to go to a 50th. This is my first 50th. I was just teasing somebody the other day because she was going to a birthday party. And uh, she's like, yeah, I'm going to, uh, some- they're having a 50th. I was like, you always hanging out with them old heads. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, fuck. I'm not that far away. It's just a short little time, man. You hit that 5-0. So that's why another reason why I was telling Bob earlier I started a diet. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's working. What what do you think? What do you think, Bob? A little off the ears, you know. Since last time you saw me, you see, it's working. You know what I'm saying? Because I know how to stick to a plan. You know what I'm saying? That's what they say about fat people. They say fat people don't know how to stick to a plan. That's what they say about us, my fat friends. They talking big ish behind our fat backs. You know that? Big ish, big ish, and we got to address it. You know the fat community. You know what I'm saying? It's because like, 'Cause I'm happy, you know, to to be a part of the fat community. But I'm I'm leaving. I'm just let, I'm putting everybody on notice. I'm giving you my notice. You know, I was once um like 300 pounds too. I was even big, I was bigger than this before. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I'm not. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to the 300, the big pun days when me and Big Pun were kicking it. You know, we it'd be me, Big Pun, Biggie Smalls, the Fat Boys. We'd all be hanging out at the Rib Shack in New York. It was a hot spot in the nineties. Everybody was eating ribs, oh, speaking of which true story though rib shack thing was I just made that up, but true story shout out open Mike Eagle. He put up a post of the day in hip hop, which was a a a reenactment photo of a day in Harlem, which was the jazz artist from the nineteen forties and fifties. He did a beautiful photo shoot, and then the hip hop, I think it was Double x l or something like that um. They did, like, the reenactment where they had all the rappers come. I mean, it was crazy because it was... It was a lot of rappers that day. I, I feel like Mac 10 was there. I feel like Ice Cube was there. Fucking Russell Simmons was there. You know, I got a chance to meet everybody. And it was no violence. No shootouts. No shootouts. So many stories, like, you know, Smoking Weed with 8-Ball and MJG. Fucking... I, I feel like Crucial Conflict was there. I mean, like... I mean, MC Search was there, fucking Fat Joe, Rock M. And here's the funny part. Like, I was like starstruck. I was like, yo, I can't even believe I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, really, at that time, it really wasn't even big of a deal to me, I gotta say. Cause I, you know, I was just I was young and wrapped up in the moment. But I remember going up to Fat Joe. He was like standing next to Rock M. And I was like, yo, I just want to introduce myself, Fat Joe. My name Dice Raw." He's like, "Oh, Dice Ross, like, I know who you is." I was like, "Oh wow, all right, dope." So I started like standing there, and I tried to stand in front of Fat Joe. He's like, "Yo," he's like, "Get the fuck out of here." He's like, "Yo, you can't stand in front of me." And it was like, you could see like who's who, like of the hip hop, like like the the bigger names were like in the front, and then I wound up all the way on the last step. Thanks Fat Joe! I wound up all the way on the last goddamn step! But guess what? I was in that photo! I'm in that photo! A day in hip-hop, in Harlem, the reenactment, the jazz, the hip-hop! And that kind of stuff kind of gets me thinking too, you know? When I was talking to a guy last night, somebody I really respect, and we were busting it up about um mentorship, you know, like because you know, not only am I a hip hop legend, you know, performer, singer, actor, playwright, producer, <laughs> what, a, what don't I do? You know what I'm saying? But um I'm CEO of a nonprofit, the Freedom Theater, the most historic African American theater on the East Coast. I mean, next to, you know, the Apollo, of course. I mean, there's there's the Apollo, and then there's there's Freedom Theater. We're running neck to neck. I mean, well, 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 okay, well, there's the Apollo, there's Avonelli, but then there's Freedom Theater. You know what I'm saying? And Freedom Theater's been around since the 60s, and um, I know you're probably like, how the hell did this wild man get a hold of that beautiful uh, African-American institution? Well, the one thing is I'm not really a wild man. I like to have fun. And uh, the podcast is like the one time of the week where I actually get to let loose and have a little fun, and I like to make Bomb laugh too. So that he's, I'm really just trying to make Bomb laugh. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and if you guys laugh in the in the midst of that, that's fine too. But anyway, you know, I was talking to my, you know, somebody that I really respect, my friend, you know, at colleague. You know, he's even like an OG. He's like my OG, you know what I'm saying? So I'm talking to him about a mentorship program at the Freedom Theater that I'm trying to put together. And what we came up with was that most of the things that even his generation still kind of passed down to like my generation, there was really, there's really no one interested. That's the next generation under me to pass it to. And that... Something like A Great Day in Harlem. Would they do one now? And who would they even put in the photo? And then would the people that were in the photo, would they even care to know the history that there's been A Great Day in Harlem jazz version? There's been A Great Day in Harlem hip-hop version? And now whatever the fuck it is that you know these new dudes do that they still call hip-hop, um, we'll get into that. But whatever that is... Do, are, would they be interested in a great day in Harlem? And uh, we were talking about some of the ideas, and me being the youngest person on the call, some of the stuff that I was even saying, after I said it, I realized how old school it was. Like, you know, teaching people how to tie a tie. But, like, do people even wear suits anymore? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sometimes you do if you're going to a wedding or if it's, like, a mandatory thing. But, I mean, for the most part, like... When I was, like, a kid, I knew how to tie a tie because somebody showed me because it was important, you know. Um, but uh, the, the great day in Harlem, it, it just it speaks volumes of how the history of that event, the first one, made sure that the second one was a success. And the reason why I say that is because Gordon Parks was there, who shot the original photo. He was there to shoot the second photo. I mean, he did it. This, you know, this OG. He comes out and 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 did it once for jazz, and then something that that's had such an impact on just the world. I mean, world culture. I mean, we could say hip hop's had an impact on African American culture, but that's not the truth. It's, it's so much bigger than that. Hip hop had an impact on on world culture, and when you brought. Garden, Gordon Parks came out to shoot that photo. I mean, motherfuckers had respect. Run DMC was there. Like I said, Russell Simmons was there. I mean, I mean, hip hop was there. I mean, they showed up. I mean, they sh- everybody showed up for that, and it was no violence. Today, could they do something like that? Is it possible to bring rappers from the dirty south? even though they don't, I guess they don't call it that no, no more. It's not the dirty South no more. Um, I'm showing my age, you know what I'm saying? But uh, could you bring rappers from the South, the East, the West Coast, Chicago, do you know St. Louis, do you know the Bay? I mean, is is it possible to do something like that? And, and for it to be nonviolent? Philly was there. Jersey was there. D.C. was there. Everybody was there. No shootings. I mean, not even like, yo, you standing too close to me type of joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. And and I think it was, the, it was the respect for the older generation and to even be a part of history to be reenacting something that was so important to culture is the reason why it wasn't any violence. And and now to look back at that too, or to even look forward at a younger generation who may, and i and I'm and I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But to to actually go back and think about a younger generation not thinking that's important is a little heartbreaking, to say the least. It's heartbreaking. And I, I could even go back to the soldier boy iced tea beef and Soulja Boy was you know he's the he, he's the OG kind of like of this young generation I mean they look up to him right but I even remember when Soldier Boy was going at it with um what iced tea Soldier Boy said some interesting shit he said iced tea and I didn't pick a side even though Soulja Boy did win that battle and it was funny as fuck you know what I'm saying the fucking cartoons and all that shit I mean I couldn't stop laughing, you know what I'm saying? But what Soldier Boy said made a whole bunch of sense. He said, listen, if there was something that you wanted me to know culturally about hip hop or something that you thought was getting lost and you wanted to keep that going because it's important to our people, he said, well, you could have called me. And that's real. Like that's some real shit. He said, he said, motherfucker Ice T, you got money. You can you know how to get in contact with me. I mean, this shit was hilarious. But it was true. It's true. If there's something that we think is important, then we gotta keep it going and we gotta tell the younger generation, hey, this is important to us and here's why. And if they don't see any value in it, that's fine. But we still gotta have the information. It's gotta be available. You gotta have access. And that's kind of what me and my, my 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 homie was talking about, and he's the OG, and uh, they got to have access, you know? And I think a lot of times with mentorship programs, because, you know, work at the theater, I had to get serious when I'm talking about the theater, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of these mentorship programs I go to, or I go see people speak, you know, every, everybody's like trying to make pretend they're like Wallow, you know what I'm saying? And Wallow is just a unique person, like... Everybody's not going to be a wallow. And, and, and here's the thing. Before we start classifying kids as needing that person who's been through the system to talk to kids, let's talk to them about something that has nothing to do with the system. Because if we're already bringing kids into a room... And we already got them on a trajectory like, yo, their lives are going in the wrong place. We need to introduce them into theater. We need to introduce them to the arts. you know. Uh, and and I am and I was grateful to get introduced to this stuff at a young age because my mom. You know what I'm saying? like, I was actually a student at Freedom Theater, but they wound up kicking me out. But now I run the place! Okay, that's my last joke. Okay, about that. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, you know, um, a day in Harlem, hip-hop, and the importance. And the reason why I even wanted to bring this stuff up is because I see too many rappers getting shot. I mean, it's like every other week, it's like motherfuckers, they classify everybody now as a rapper getting shot. And it's like, yo, I never heard of 95% of who these people are. And they're like, rapper was shot, uh, Dipsy Doodle. They're like, Dipsy Doodle, uh, a uh, rapper from uh, North Philadelphia was just shot today. I'm like, wait, I never heard of this motherfucker. They be like, oh yeah, rapper Red Wine was uh, shot today. I'm like, Red Wine, like... Dipsy Doodle, like, who are these dickheads? You know what I'm saying? And and who killed them? And why? And then, you, uh, then somebody be like, oh, well, Dice, it's a YouTube thing. And then you go on YouTube, and then they got, like, a diss record with, like, another rapper who's nobody ever heard of, and now they're beefing. But the beef is kind of like the marketing plan you know what i'm saying it's like we used to have a stop the violence movement back in the day this is and this is back when i was a kid i wasn't a part of the stop the violence movement um because i wasn't making records yet because i was a baby but i did enjoy a lot of the stop the violence movements when i would watch it on rap city and joe claire you know would, would be on there and fucking you know, uh, raps not rap city, but Yo MTV Raps. I already said rap city, but basically it was Yo MTV Raps and like you know that's that's what we had. Crush Groove, uh, shout out Mike Elliott, um, <clears throat> but not Crush Groove. Uh, Crush Video. Crush Groove was Russell Simmons again. <laughs> yeah, I had a little one. I had a little bit. I've been sipping. I've been sipping, but now I'm sipping water. I had like like I was telling Bob, on this weird diet. It's got me all fucked up. But anyway. Stop the violence. I mean, we used to have the stop the violence movement, but now we got to start the violence movement. It's like rappers is like doing songs from jail on trial for murder. Motherfuckers is in jail for attempted murder. The song's going to number one. And I still at the end of the day, I just have to ask myself who the fuck is in charge here? Who is in charge here? Who's the motherfucker that is thinks it's okay for young kids to make songs about killing each other, then actually killing each other, then actually giving these guys budgets to do another album so that they can go back to jail. I mean it's it's like this it's like a the dragon is eating his own tail. It's like, yo, we gotta get off the fucking the Ferris wheel. And wake up. Put down the fucking cotton candy. You're not in fucking dreamland anymore, baby. You got to wake up. Something's going on here. Because when you start to see Megan the Stallion walking down the street with a G-string up her butt, it's like, yo, not that I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. You know what I'm saying? I eat it up like fucking Puddin' Pops. Well, I mean, uh, maybe not Puddin' Pops because you know who snack that was. You know what I'm saying? Shout out. You know, BC. You know, so just stay out of jail, buddy. But anyway, yeah, I eat it up like you know, like uh, like uh, I was about to say tuna tartar, but if you don't want to say that because it's a lady. You don't want to. So uh, what's a good uh, crumble? A Megan a stallion and a g-string next to Cardi B, all oiled up. I mean, you know, no disrespect to Offset, cause I dig the I dig the guy. But hey, I mean that video. Whoa. I watched it a few times. A few million times! But why do they have to be naked? That's the question. Why do they have to be naked? And then why... Because they're like... If I had to look at them and say, okay, these are my little sisters. You know, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, Lizzo, Lizzo, G-stringed too, G-stringed up. Shout out, Lizzo. Um, Not as... My thing as the Megan is dying in the G-string, but still, delectable. Um, why is it this big over-sexualized image and then this super ultra-violent image and then all the other stuff that was, you know, the intellectual, stimulating, the... The art, the, the alternative hip-hop, all that stuff gets kind of like swept under the rug. I mean, it gets no showcase. I mean, shout out Tyler, the creator, for what he did. his brilliant uh, by putting DJ drama. I mean, I mean, that was like the breakout album that kind of everybody was talking about on both sides of the hip-hop spectrum. You got the underground, and then you got the above ground. But everything above ground is selling this nonstop image. And there's one person in charge of all of the shit. Everything that you see here, and he doesn't look like Pooh Shiesty. He doesn't look like Kodak Black. In fact, he's Kodak White. Like that you have, did you see that video it was like, it was like, my name's Kodak Black, but when you see me, I'm white. That shit was disturbing. <laughs> I mean, like, yo. I I I'm I don't know if I, I I think I'm afraid of Kodak Black. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't want him to shoot me. You know what I'm saying? Like that video. He's like he's like I might fuck your white wife. I mean, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I bring the biggest gun to the knife fight. My name is Kodak Black, but when you see me, I'm white. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. It's the same guy. That sees Taylor Swift and says, Oh, okay, that's yeah, great. Let's 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 put it out there. No, she doesn't have to be naked. No, 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 no. Just those black girls. I want them to I want them naked. Now why is that? Is it a black thing? Is it a black and white thing? Is the white record executive side different than the black record executive side? I mean, you got Molly Cyrus. I mean, she's she's ratchet, I guess. She's doing her best Rihanna impression. Shout out, Molly Cyrus. But you're no Rihanna. Okay, honey? You ain't got it like that. I mean, we really got to figure this out, though. I mean, I'm calling out to hip-hop fans all over the world, hip-hop performers. Let's take control of the narrative. I mean, we gotta have some street shit, cause yo, I like I like that Kodak the shit, the fucking we could have been superstars. Now yeah, out here Robin God. I like that shit, you know what I'm saying? And I like this other song too. I you know uh, what was that one where he was like, I ain't post this mixtape, cause I don't fuck with Shouty. I'm post this mixtape, cause I don't fuck with Shouty. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. But here's the thing. There's so many other different voices that are saying different things that all need to be showcased. And here's the thing. It was all being showcased when Bob Johnson had control of BET, the African-American narrative through the performing arts was more versatile when he was in charge. And soon as he stepped away, I saw the dwindling of those different voices. I saw the the Balau's, the brilliant people like Balau disappear from the TV screen. I saw people like uh, uh, what's, uh, Kim disappear. You know, you saw the NDIREs disappear. You saw... Well, common, the roots. I mean, somehow they just been able to stay. I don't know what it is, but you know, just got staying power. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, but the Talib Kwali still still staying power. But it was equal. You saw just as much as Snoop, and you saw just as much Public Enemy. You saw just as much Erica Badu. You saw just as much Janet Jackson, and these were different voices. These were brilliant. You saw Usher. You saw fucking Eazy E. You saw fucking everybody. It was an even playing form for, for African Americans. MTV wasn't gonna play you, know. And then people say, well, f- you know, forget that hip hop thing. You know, it's old. Kind of going back to what, you know, my OG was saying. He's like, yo, the kids just anything that's reminiscent to anything that's classical or or, or or culturally relevant to the fabric of who we are as a people is, is deemed corny because it's old. And how can you say it's corny when again, hip hop is the number one wealth generator for African Americans ever. Now let's take that. Let's think about that. Let's unpack that while we wrap up. Ever. I'm talking any industry, the insurance industry, I'm talking sodas, paper clips, paper, film, TV, microphones, wine, any industry you want. Any industry. Hip hop is the only industry that's created African American billionaires. Think about that. It's the only industry. Now you got Robert F. Smith and you have Africans who are not in the entertainment, that were able to do it. But the B, the billionaires, are in hip-hop, and that is important. So maybe it is something that we should protect. Maybe when we turn on the TV and you see a serial pop up and it starts rapping, maybe we should have a problem with that. Maybe that's the approximization of African-American culture, and we shouldn't let shit like that slide. Maybe. Where do we draw the line? When you see a rapping fish rapping about seafood or a rapping cow rapping about milk or a fucking rapping chicken sandwich asking you to come down to Popeye's and take a bite. I know this had not happened yet, but it damn well could be. It could be next up, the rapping chicken sandwich. Do you see where I'm going with this? Total insanity. It's absurd that you would... That a, that we as the artists in a, a vessel that we perform in a car that we sit in that drives us all over the world, all over the globe, that we take it for granted. And that there's shootings and stabbings and fights and all kind of different stuff that happen at these arenas and these events that didn't fuck up your money. That's preventing you from being the next billionaire. Preventing you from being the next Jigger. <laughs> we love you, Jigger. They love you, Jigger. Preventing you from being the next Diddy, Sirach, Sean John, fashion, icon. The next Diddy. I mean, the next Yay. We already did Diddy. The next Yay. We. What can you say about Yay? What, what can't you say? He's a a little obsessed about his ex-wife. But that's the only bad thing about him. And uh, the the red hat and the, the thing he said about slavery. But everything else is fine. Maybe you could be the next Pharrell. He's not a billionaire yet, but damn close. Goddamn, the next Dr. Dre. B. These people got B's in front of their name. Billions. And this is a vessel that you can get in. You can drive. Why shoot somebody on the way to your success? Why have these stupid little internet beefs, these YouTube diss songs? Come on. Stop. And listen. Maybe you're saying, yo, man, fuck that guy, man. Who gives a fuck? Fuck what he got to say. Maybe I'm talking some sense into your dumbass. Because this is hip-hop. Started out in the park. Power from the streetlights made the place dark. Only a few understand what I'm talking about. Bronx River rolling deep, but cool DJ Red Alert and Chuck Chill Out on the mix. Africa Islam was rocking a band, and on the other side of town was a kid named Flash, Patterson and Millbrook Projects. All right. Anyway, but this is hip hop. All right. Let's take it serious. Because it's the only thing that we really got. Think about that. The only thing. Corporate asset historically that has made African American billionaires. Historically. Don't take it for granted while you're out there with your sticks. When you reach, reach for your stick, just remember every time you go like that, you move farther away from being like Jay. Anyway, I'm out. This is Dice Raw. This is the Raw Report. Bomb.